Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's almost Christmas. And as much as we'd like to, most of us can't ask or rely on our families and friends to buy us vendor custom shops this year doesn't mean you need to settle for novelty gifts. One of the most important things you can do is look after your guitar well and properly. That's why I love Music Nomad stuff, because their tools and simple maintenance kits are designed to demystify guitar teching and help you keep your instrument in as good condition as possible with their KISS Keep It Simple Setup System. They do everything from high-quality polish, as used by Matt Knight, to complete at-home workstation toolkits, gauges and files. As someone who spends a lot of their time at a guitar bench, I don't think anyone makes better stuff. So do yourself a favour this year and check out musicnomadcare.com for a whole bunch of awesome guitar care stuff. Hello and welcome to uh, the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. I'm well again. And Jay Cross. I'm extremely strong. Yeah, but you are strong, and Matt is well. And, and, uh, and dear listener, it's the, uh, it's the season finale of season two. It's the last episode of season two before we go off to uh, Gotti, to gear of the year. Uh, and then it's it then that's it until season three in january so yes well is it gonna done. be like is season three gonna be uh like true detective oh. where actually what you've got is three different storylines from someone's uh i don't know is that a spoiler no you've like you find that out like immediately don't you like three different storylines from someone's life being played through at the same time so actually you might record some of gear of the year in february Right, yeah, but also you know, some of the Summon Am preview happens in December. Even that happened ages ago. I reckon that's what you should do. That that would be good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the great thing about True Detective is you you're never a hundred percent sure what's going on because they never really tell you. You know, you know, there's no thing saying this is this timeline. So you know, it's it's mysterious until you understand. That's not spoiler, is it? That happens. No, no. You find it out immediately yes i think yeah, that's okay, that's, that's what true detective is known for isn't it it's the whole timeline thing but uh, we can't really do that within the podcast so maybe what i should do is no i eat... think you should i think you should well, just make it just make it up just well, like yes, yeah. in in march you should just be mm. recording the um amp of the year podcast mm, mm. 
that's a and good just idea. just make some stuff up just be like oh can't believe the brand new vox oh that's a great um, idea uh bungo buster is finally here mm. and it is i can't this came out of nowhere the the, the bungo buster and we love it and it's yeah wow uh, who would have thought a 22 inch speaker would be so convenient for guitar players you know <laughs> that is that um, that's what i think you should be doing joe what happens if i accidentally predict something correctly though well, I mean, you know. That, that could be a problem. There could be libelous involved. I could accidentally predict something that hasn't yet come out that is being made. Or even maybe I actually do predict, maybe companies start making things off that the That you've back. predicted, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, mm, that mm, is far mm. more likely. Is uh, I, can, I, can hear, I can hear out in, out in the distance the Vox engineers uh, saying, wow, yeah, yeah, we do have some 22-inch Because we've had we no flipping about. ideas since the AC30, so this is... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, you know, actually, you, you saying that has made me think that this is a, it is a little risky. So, an alternative could be to just put each host's audio out of sync. Oh, I mean, that's I love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. Or alternatively, um, do you remember? Um, so we've been watching. Well, whenever it's on, I, I stick on top of the pops too. You know, on a Friday evening or whatever, because it's just it's wicked. Like finding, watching an old episode of Top of the Pops and seeing all the completely mad stuff that was popular in the eighties or whatever, and all these incredibly ugly pop stars who just there's no way that always ugly. It's just really ugly, really ugly people were famous in the eighties, and it's the standards just so much higher nowadays. Which is obviously why we do a podcast and not a uh, television show. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things that Top of the Pops did for a while was in order to get the sound in stereo, you could um, tune your radio like the, they would. They would run. Um, they would run it on uh, on Radio One as well, no. so you could. You could have the audio of the songs coming through your radio. So you turn off the TV audio and watch it on your TV, but have the audio from your television. So Sorry, from your radio, which, you know, probably had a much better sound system. And um, so you could, yeah, get like proper stereo and stuff. And that's what I think you should be doing, Joe, is you should be recording one podcast, but uh, release it on as three different podcasts and people then can play them on different devices and oh, uh, yes. they can just, yes. you know, if, if they really, if they want to get that surround sound experience, if they want to listen more to your dulcet tones and they, they stand a little bit closer. And uh, obviously Great. for me, they will be putting it out in the garden because mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. voice carries so well, it doesn't it matter. It does carry. It, yeah. It's just, it's absolutely fine. And then Matt, they will have in their pocket because they just want to feel really, really close to him. And, uh, you know, I just, and I just, and actually what you could also do is just have one for Mark, which people just, uh, won't listen to because why would they? And, uh, I think that's, that's a really innovative and exciting way to do podcasts. Oh yeah. I, I absolutely agree. Was it, was it, I think this, I think you are onto something. It was, was it um, Frank Zappa who did that? I, I think it is, and I, I've just been trying to Google it, and I can't. I can't remember the name of the record. I'm sure it's Frank Zappa who released a record where different parts of different instruments were on each of the discs that you got. Oh, fantastic! Yes, so you had to have like multiple uh, device or yeah, CD players. I guess. You'd have to have yeah. You'd have to and no yeah. one who would who would have multiple record decks. So you had to like. I assume he was thinking, yeah, you're going to have to call all your friends. All come round one place. Everyone's going to have to set one up, and 
you know, you're going to have to... Like a land party. The, yeah, and you're going to have to pop that needle down at exactly the right time. Well, but that's the thing with the podcast. If you, I mean, in all seriousness, this would be really cool. So people, you just put out a flat version, like with no, uh, you know, no EQ in or whatever. And then people can download the podcast. It just goes out on the regular feed, but they can have the podcast on their phone and on their iPad and on their computer. And uh, yeah, you just surround yourself like some sort of seance, <laughs> guitar nerd seance, and you just sit in the middle of it and you move your devices around depending on how close you want them to. Oh, I'm, I, I'm um, into this. I'm sure we spoke about it before, but you mentioning the record thing made me remember that there's a Monty Python album where one side is actually, although it looks like a normal record, there's actually two different grooves for two different songs. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. depending on where you put the needle is what song. But because obviously the grooves are so fine, you could literally play a record for like 10 years and only ever hear one side and then... The needle just goes in a different place, and I that's it. it. You've got a totally different I love song. it. I, I, I saw an interview with them talking about this, and they were saying that what they wanted was for people to to like listen to a sketch or a joke and be like, oh, that is hilarious, and then later be wanting to show a friend it and try and put it back on, and it'd be something totally <laughs> something different. Something rubbish. And them yeah, having yeah. no idea why. I love I that. That is fantastic. Um, and where you were talking about Frank Zappa, I wasn't sure, Jeff, you were talking about He's got a really well. He coined a term called. I'm going to say it's pronounced xenochrony or xenochrony, uh, which was where he would take solos from live, like live recordings, and then use those as the solos for tracks he would then put on a studio album later on. Right. So all of his solos on one of his albums joe's garage for example or garage um all of the (laughs) solos apart from apart from one are all live solos from other concerts great stuff um and there's a couple of his records that are basically just mixes of two live performances where the guitar is just over another performance they're just in the same key so you get all this really weird like polyrhythmic stuff and stuff going know, slightly out of, out of yeah, uh, time and out of phase i guess it's yeah, yeah. So, it's so weird but it's uh yeah all before um digital recording techniques you know yeah. this is literally like uh you know on onto tape which um have either of you started to watch uh maybe this would be something for uh marky p but have either of you started to watch the beatles get back no, oh yes, yes. Yeah, so, well, you know, as a as a as a little caveat, a precursor for for the dear listener, we are Mark Packham is is going to be joining us on the Patreon. So uh, so we, we I think over there we are going to be talking a, a little bit. Inevitably, we're going to be talking about the get back sessions. I've started. Yes, I've I'm I'm uh, nearly through the first one. So I've already seen the argument. I've already seen Paul McCartney literally being the best Beatle by a mile for <laughs> about the first hour and a half, or at least the only one who seems to care about anything. Also, so just the gear that he's using is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. The Fender Baseman 100 with one of those big 215 cabs. And he's he's brought in, we're on like, I'm on like day three because I take you through each of the 14 days. And he he's bringing in like different Hofner bases every day. And oh, they're all fantastic. Mm. Um, it is it's, very good. Um, 
it's uh, it's pretty mad because when they start the session, they're like, yeah, how are we going to record this? And they're like, uh, thought someone was bringing like the eight track. And they're like, and you realise like how impractical it obviously was to record in 1969. And then... They end up lending, like, they end up getting George Harrison's out of his studio. But it made me think about something I wanted to talk about, which was there was that they, they reference a guy whose nickname is Magic Alex. Yes. And this yes. guy became the head of electronics at Apple, um, I think, in the, in the late 60s. But basically, was just like a studio engineer. And they were just like, oh, just, we need this eight track record. And they just, oh, just ask Magic Alex, he'll build us one. And they basically like hire this guy to like build a studio in in Twickenham, and you just think now you can literally like you know do it on your phone, or you've got like yeah. <laughs> Isotope Spire. It's so easy to like record and mix and just like chop samples. We were talking at, at work the other day about like you know lo-fi hip hop and people chopping samples, and like actually it was you know not impossible, but man. You just you you really forget. You watch something like the Beatles documentary, you know, nineteen sixty nine. You forget like how much harder everything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving thirty three percent with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a fifteen stem bunch of tulips for just nine ninety nine each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Would have been, and how much money people, you people had don't know a bloody born, do they? That's a problem. That's a problem nowadays, Matt. People, people don't don't know a don't know a born. Yeah. you know, yeah. don't, know, don't know the born. That's the problem. Problem is, right? People don't know that they're born. <laughs> that that that, that. <laughs> they don't. They're not aware that they're born. It's bonkers. It is bonkers. That, that, that that is that is true. Well, what is the Beatles track where they run out of tape, so it has the hard finish? Um, oh, she's so heavy. Yeah, she's so heavy. You're right. Um, it's yeah that that has the they were just uh, recording for ages, looping that riff, and they literally ran ran out of tape, and so kept the ending. Yeah. Um, Great. Well, thanks which, for the spoilers, guys. I appreciate that. That's nice. Oh, that that's not from the show. That is, I think oh, that's okay. a that's a. Uh, a, a widely known Beatles thing, which obviously has been emulated all over the place ever since. You know, all oh, right. Even even uh, Portishead do it on uh, 
on on third, I think. I only mentioned that because there was a, a discussion about Porter's Head on the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook. All right. But there you go. There you I go. I love Porter's Head. Oh. Yes, as do I, as do I. Now, now onto onto some guitar stuff. Um, Matt, you've uh, you've been your time away. You have been setting up some crazy big like looper rig at home. I have, I have. Um, so I've I've sort of been thinking about. Well, uh, you know, Boss released uh, a couple of new loopers this year, and I was thinking like, want to have some crazy, you know, I. I want to you know the end the the end all of all loopers i kind of just want something that does a bit of everything but i've also been really inspired on instagram by a kind of movement of loads of people who are now using old four track tapes for like ambient stuff so you've got a cassette and then there's four different loops playing and then they're just like you know manipulating the the volume just like of pushing play on them and stuff yeah push and play manipulating the volume mm-hmm. and um you know then running that through some, some pedals and i was like how could i do that without spending a ridiculous money uh really ridiculous amount of money on a tascam tape recorder because now everyone wants one they just go for crazy money it's just it's just absolutely bonkers to me that that stuff is expensive all of yeah. this has happened before. Yeah, well, well exactly, Joe, exactly. Exactly. You know, we couldn't get rid of them at one point, you know, and yeah. now, um, and yeah, now they're just going for crazy money. And I was thinking, actually, the RC505 Mark II is five loops. Uh, it is like... The 505 is the, that's the DJ one. That's, that's the one for your hands, That's right? like the desktop one, I yeah, guess you would say. Right. The beatboxing yeah, one. The, the beatboxing yeah. one. beatboxing yeah. one. Um, and it's got five volume controls for each loop. Right. So I was like, each, oh, each beat, each beat that you want a box. Um, and I was like, oh, if you do five loops on that, you can then obviously manipulate it in real time with the faders. But all of the loops can be out of sync. <laughs> so you can go for that kind of real Eno thing. What you're you... talking about here is music for airports. What I, I'm talking I, I, about. <laughs> I already know what you're talking what about. What I'm talking about is trying to, how can I musically recreate music for airports uh, on a 505? And so, The yeah, greatest record of all time. Of course, the greatest record of all time. Jay, of course, you're in the top 0.5% of Brian Eno listeners. Uh, of, <laughs> Brian, yeah, of, Brian Eno was my, of course, and, I mean, for pro- probably at least the third year running. Uh, in recent years, Brian Eno has overtaken the Weaker Lands, who always used to be my top artist. But yes, uh, Spotify did tell me that Brian. I was in the top, yeah, 0.5% of Brian Eno listeners. Um, I don't know whether it does it on minutes listened or tracks listened, but um, if I it's tracks it is, listened, then <laughs> it's probably it's, even more. because I, I think it's minutes. Is I think it minutes? It is minutes, okay, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I, I get a lot of like French prog get oddly high up in my list even though i've only listened to it a handful of times but the tracks are 20 minutes long exactly so. yeah 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 yeah. okay cool yeah um so basically i want to be brian eno and i want to play <laughs> music for airports live so yeah so rather than going for the 600 which is the floor based looper i was like i'm going to use the 505 and i've set a uh, just a s- single foot switch to uh use the record function so i don't have to try and hit the record button with my hand. Um, but I wanted the des- I wanted the desktop one so I can manipulate stuff in real time because having played around with it a lot more over the last week, I didn't realise that the input and output effects, so it's got an entire multi-effects in it, can be 
uh, routed to individual tracks. So oh, nice. you okay. can record a loop and then you can apply reverb to only that loop. Uh, like oh. in post? In post. Huh. And in pre, cool. and in pre if you want. So you could record into a track and, and have an input track that, an effect that only affects one track. So when you're recording track one, you always get delay but when you go to track two it's totally dry for example that's yeah great that's great so i was like oh so now i can add and you can obviously then manipulate that in real time because you've got uh you know four control knobs that will edit the effects in real time so you can get some and because they've all got spillover you can have like you know uh, huge reverbs and then turn the track off and then you can fade it and you can still manipulate the the reverb in post um so i've been doing a lot of that but what I've quickly realized is that my pedal board, I, what I wanted to do was run, I wanted the amps to mimic exactly what I was putting into it. So if I ran, um, I run a pedal board with like, like in stereo, but one side is, is dry and one side is wet. So one side doesn't have delays. I was like, well, if I put both of those into a stereo input on the RC505 and then go stereo out, it actually, like sums the signals together and then splits it out into like dual mono. So you'd lose that kind of split in, in your amps. And then I was like, actually, what I really want is the loops to only go through a monitor. So I can then just have the amps just always just be the guitar sound and then the yeah, loops come through ideal. a monitor. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that you can do that as well. So I'm now internally routing the two inputs directly to two outputs that are never ever looped but then sending the anything that i do loop to a separate monitor output uh so you can play over the top of it and you're not got your loops running through your normal guitar amps and getting all muddy you're sending it through a separate amplifier um and then you can control the volume of that with with the faders so kind of got this like crazy setup where the looper sort of sits at the end of the chain only loops the signal through one monitor um so you get a lot more clarity with what you're doing and for ambient stuff it is absolutely bananas just like so much stuff that you can do with it i'm like this uh for me is like way better than spending a thousand pounds on a tascam four track wait that's how much money oh they're going for like they're going for crazy i can't remember there's a particular model uh, Tascam four track tape. There's a particular model that people are after at the moment. Uh, so some of the Porter Studios, which I think is the four one four, are they like four hundred quid? Well, it's Isotope's holiday deals, and they've really pushed the boat out this year with three incredible bundles of some of our favourite plugins. The holiday bundle at only $49 includes ozone elements, neutron elements, RX elements, and nectar elements, plus creative staples like Trash 2 and Iris 2, legendary exponential audio reverbs like Phoenix Verb and R2. The plugins on their Todd would be around $1,300 US dollars, so this is literally unbelievable if you don't use isotope this is a perfect place to start or you can elevate your production with the isotope holiday bundle platinum edition upgrades include ozone standard neutron standard and now you can add industry leading polish to your music alongside nectar elements and rx elements plus trash 2 iris 2 stutter edit 2 and more mix master repair and create with ease using this versatile 11 plugin bundle over 1800 us dollars in value 
you for only 99 bucks. And finally, the Diamond Bundle upgraded to include Ozone Standard, Neutron Standard, Nectar 3 Plus, Neo Verb, and RX Elements. All the stuff that we use to make this podcast. Get yourself the gift you really want this year. The Diamond Bundle offers over 2200 US dollars in value and all for just 149 bucks. Check out all of these deals and more over at isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast. But still, 400 quid for a uh, a tape recorder. Um, I mean, it's better than it going into landfill, but geez, Louise. I know, I know. And obviously, it's on tape. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. So... Uh, so yeah, so so doing a lot of that really, which is which has been really kind of, it's been a really good creative tool for looping what I've kind of always wanted to loop, which is doing some more of the ambient stuff, being able to save it, being able to recall stuff, being able to manipulate the effects in real time, because obviously a looper always sits at the end of your chain. So if you're then like using a certain reverb or something, you can't then affect how the loop sounds, so you can manipulate things in real time. And um, that's been really, really cool. So what I want to start doing is getting more like field recordings and then splitting that, splitting that across five tracks so you can manipulate those in real time, but then you can still loop over the top of it. Um, The big question then is, is the 505 battery powered? uh, It is not. Can you run it on batteries? No. (sighs) Unfortunately not. That, Imagine that if you could have just taken cool. that out to, to, to a field with a microphone and just... <laughs> just looped just away. Like, oh, wait, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little brook. There's a brook just like, oh, listen to the, the, the oh, beautiful water rushing through this brook. Oh, just capture that. Oh, listen to that bird singing. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Oh, wait, wait, there's a cow about to moo. And then you get that and then you loop all of that stuff. Oh, and That's then you just you run it through the, the modulated delay into the exactly. reverb. Exactly, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Looping it. Cat. Can you predict when a cow's going to moo? Is, oh, is... yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you not reached that level of veganism yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, oh, I think it's, it's, it's it, a it couple of be, tears. Won't... Yeah, there's yeah, a couple won't, of tears. It won't be long, won't be long mate. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah. if, if you Google it, um, you, all you get is, why do cows moo? So, unfortunately, <laughs> right, um, you know, what, why do cows moo for no reason, apparently? Right. Well, it's not no reason. It's just a secret lockdown by the Vegan Society, and that's I'm right. not quite that there yet. Right. So yeah. I, w- I will get there. I will get there. But, <laughs> I, I, Matt, I will recommend uh, freesound.org. Um, it's where I get an awful lot of my field recordings and, oh. and samples and things that I use for polymath. It's just you can I have an account on that you can upload stuff. I often do like just things that I have field recorded with, you know, with bits and bobs. I got, I got into a habit um, around the start of lockdown, like a year ago of when I was going on walks, taking a, a little Zoom H1. Oh, yeah, with you me. did do that, didn't you? For slur. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really good. Yeah, for the slurs. Music that I was making, it was great. Like I was just filming, not filming. I was just recording the audio of like footsteps on different surfaces and things like that, and uh, you know, conversation as people pass you on on walks and things is really great. And then you can just sort of mess around with it afterwards. So I uploaded a bunch of that stuff to freesound.org, but freesound.org is also fantastic if you want to just download things. You find a whole bunch of stuff from the whole way around the world. You know, loads of loads of different field recordings at varying qualities, but you know, sometimes to be honest 
often the weird warbly low quality recordings are, are quite fun to work with as well so that is that it website is, is proper ron seal in it <laughs> that is <laughs> for the american listeners explain that one uh it just does it, ron seal is a a I don't know what it is, like varnish, a fence finish over here. And basically the, the logo, the, the, the slogan is it does exactly what it says on the tin. And Freesound is maybe the most Ron Seal website I've ever heard of. It's a very oh, what would you, you get on here? Oh, sound. Oh, how much is it? Oh, it's free. Oh, wicked. That's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> that, that, that is exactly, yes, that is what you get. But, um, uh, Matt, on, on the guitar front, in your setup, what is, so you're using two amps along with the 505? Well, three, technically. Three. Right, okay. <laughs> what are the three? Uh, so I'm running the uh, Morgan PR12. Which, which, one's, which one's doing what as okay, well? Okay, so guitar goes in, into the pedal board, splits out, wet dry, so one side gets delays and reverbs one Actually, no, that's a lie. The pedal board that I'm using, one side gives you the SY200 and the other side does not. Uh, right. So I could loop the synth sound separately with separate So that's, that's similar to the way Rabia set up the SY200 in his video yes. demo of it. Yes. So Which, dear listener, is well worth checking out. If you're thinking about getting an SY200, which I think a lot of you are, seeing as it's doing so well in the listener's choice for, for gear of the year at the moment, uh, Rabia's video is, is an absolute masterclass in how to get the most out of that pedal. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I basically run it doing a pedal board that splits synth sound and the, the normal guitar sound that goes into the 505. Uh, the normal sound runs into the Morgan PR 12 and the synth sound runs into the Rajani, uh, VOD 50. Is that because the Rajani's uh, a cleaner, crisper amplifier? Um, no, I just, pref- I think it's actually got a bit more grit to it and a bit more drive, right. which is quite, is quite nice for some of the synthy sounds. And the Morgan's just super, super clean. So that's right, always good for some of the sort of delays and reverbs. And then, uh, yeah, I've run a, a, a sub out um, direct into a JC22. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. I, I really want, I've never owned a jazz chorus. I think I want a jazz chorus. Well, Joe, if you're going to buy one, as we've said before, just buy a JC120. Still well, the yeah, absolute oh, best. Yeah, yeah um, they're, they're very heavy, aren't they? No, I mean, they're, they're not, though. No? They're not, I mean... No, they are pretty heavy. They're not, they're not as heavy as you think they're going to be. So what's... A JC40... I mean, that, by that, I mean, it doesn't weigh as much as a twin. No, they're, but, they're £61. You know. pounds. Okay, that's okay. quite a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of weight. J- so a JC40, that's like 700 quid... And that, what do you get? That's is that still a two? That's a two ten, is it? Uh, yes, yeah, two ten, two ten. Um, so the thing uh, that I like about those is that you've got the stereo in, and then obviously if you're running stereo effects, it does split them across two speakers, which is quite right, cool. Right, that is nice. Um, and then you've obviously got the chorus, which is like the classic chorus. Um, and then on the back, you can also line out, um, oh. but you can also, I think... Line out with a cab sim? Uh, I don't think so, actually. I think that might just be direct out, so you can go into a PA. Maybe it does... No, it must carry the, it must carry the line out from the preamp section, I wonder. Mm, okay. okay. Um, and then you've got uh, stereo effects loop as well. 
Uh, but to be honest, the 22 is exactly the same. It's just slightly smaller with smaller the, speakers. Is the 22 still giggable? What's what's the 22? Because I'm looking at 1,100 pounds at the moment-ish. 1,100, 1200 pounds for a JC120. 700 for the 40. The 22... 22 is, is actually 30 watts with two 8-inch right. speakers and the... 40 is 40 watts with two 10-inch speakers. 8-inch speakers is just on that side of, ooh, fear. Sort of like, yeah, Yeah. but I'm getting that sort of like uh, that old man sort of like, you can't do an 8-inch speaker sort of thing. Like, I'm getting that that in the back of my head. It's just, it's bright, should I say. Um, Mm. So, like, at the moment, mine's like almost head height and it just, it absolutely (laughs) just like, it it just overpowers all the other amps. Only obviously it's a bit higher, so it's a bit more directional, but it's also so bright it just cuts over everything. Hmm. Um yeah. Guitar Nerds are teaming up with Music Nomad. Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers and touring techs in over 40 countries. Pro quality but affordable, Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help guitars look, sound and play their best. After two years of research and development and in a collaboration with top guitar repair shops, Music Nomad has developed the Keep It Simple setup. They demystified the guitar setup process by developing innovative precision gauges and tools combined with step-by-step general guidelines anybody can follow and set up their guitar to play and sound great. With their KISS method and their gauges, you can check the vital areas of your guitar and use their toolkits to perform your own setups. They have a 24-page instructional booklet available in seven languages, downloadable for free, loads of how-to videos, as well as complete setup video tutorials for popular brands such as Fender, Gibson, Taylor, PRS and more. Not only is it fun, but a properly set-up guitar takes your playing and sound to a whole new level. Learn more at Music nomadcare.com follow them on social media with at music nomad care and kiss your guitar with music nomads keep it simple setup there's there's not a lot of price difference between the 22 and the 40 like there, there is obviously like 250 quid but that's not enough they're both in that ballpark of spending money on a on an amp yeah you know <laughs> spending money on a, a gigable amp i think um uh, if you haven't plugged one in for a long time and mm somewhere like Brighton Electric has one. Well, we, just I go and plug in. I use 20s that electric a lot. Yeah, they're just... Man, they are just exceptional sounding amplifiers. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it's just amazing like how many people still still use them. I watched... When I was ill, I watched Some Kind of Monster, uh, which right. I've never seen before, which is the Metallica documentary about them recording um, St. Anger and that, them going through like this whole kind of therapy thing and uh, James Hetfield going into rehab and loads of times you see them recording and he's just playing guitar and he's just got a JC120 behind him. It's just oh. so bizarre. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I love the idea of something absolutely crystal crisp clear. I, I've always loved jazz choruses. They're so loud as well. One. They are yeah. so Foolish loud. Foolish of me. Do you get attenuation on a 120? No. Or does the volume work? Uh, it, it, to be honest, I think once you get to about halfway, you're never really going to go any louder because it's just it's it's, it's 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 max. It's like a twin. It's like when yeah, you get to yeah. a certain point on a twin, you're like you're just getting more gain, mm. not necessarily more volume. But the JCU one twenty, it's just so loud. 
just so loud. I think I need to go and compare a 22 and a 40. I, de- I definitely need a, a jazz chorus in my life. It's it, it's a, a, a foolish thing of me to have not had. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I need to A, B, a 22 and a 40. See if I can, see if I can risk those eight inch speakers. Yeah. Or you just line out into a PA, <laughs> just a 30,000 watt PA system. <laughs> Yes, yes, you could. Well, I mean, you know, this is the thing. This is the thing about Katana, and also the same with um, with the with the Fender Tone Masters. Is having a line out with a cab sim on it make just makes so much difference. Like when obviously Tim, the guitarist in Polymath, he plays Boss Katanas, and uh, when we were on when we were on tour and we're setting up and everything, I always mention that there is a cab sim line out to the sound guy on on Tim's amps. You know, when when we're setting up just you know they're 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 gonna mic up the guitar amps it's what they do every day of the week i i assume that but i just i I mention it every time just in case and uh the only time someone took me up on it was in cardiff and admittedly you know when uh, you get there early and the sound engineer's playing his own music the sound guy was playing a lot of very tech metal (laughs) right okay so so they were used to yeah so he was definitely into this sort of thing but um, but yeah, I mentioned it to him, and he was like, "Oh, fantastic! Well, I'll get a you know, it will be better. I'll get a cleaner signal uh, if I do that. So we won't mic up the guitar amps. I'll just take the the line out on on them if they've got a cab sim." And he did that at no you know at no detriment to the show. It's just there no. is a there is a very old school sort of thought about miking up a guitar amp, and a, a lot of sound guys conform to that. And also, to be honest, we're still in very early doors of guitar amps having lineouts with cab sims that are good. You know, mm. the, the you know the the Fender Tone Master stuff and the Boss Katanas are probably some of the only uh, sort of amp you know proper amp style stuff. As as I mean, not you know Helix or GT or whatever proper amps that actually include that feature but it's very good I, you know i thoroughly recommend it katana and, uh, uh, and Thomas. you music. um you talking about that i was gonna say jay how is your super reverb yeah how i mean you're super reverb jay great great it's uh i mean i don't i haven't had much of a chance to plug it in properly uh because you know i haven't had a day off in what feels like 15 years but um it's yeah i mean it's it's great it sounds so good um i just like i just i can't believe how light it is it looks i just love having it next to me just being like wow yeah look at the look at this. <laughs> oh man look at this amp look at this amp that's next to me this is so cool it's um, so cool so yeah i mean i the the time where it's really shone for me was um actually when i plugged um my base six into it oh. i just thought it sounded absolutely unbelievable um, and it, partnering yeah and it, and it really kind of made the base six sound um it, it basics when i play basics when I, whenever I have played a basics, it's always kind of okay. Well, I'm sort of playing it like a guitar, and it's a little bit flappy here and there. But um, actually, I feel like playing it into that because it's the 410, and it's more of a kind of traditional uh, bass style loadout rather than you know going into a Blues Junior or going into a an AC30 or whatever it is that I would have plugged it into when we were working at GAC. I just think it you just get so much more tonality and so much more richness from it. And it's like, it sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. And I, I haven't even really needed to do much in the way of plugging in effects because I just have so much fun just playing both the chords that I know 
clean into the amp with a bit of um you know just a bit of reverb and a bit of uh bit of tremolo built into the amp it's just yeah it's really it's really cool it's a really really good amp oh man i really need to i I wish uh, i'd had chance to come and see you within the last couple of months so i could have uh could have played it desperate to all right so not not to Oh, not to hang out with you, Jay. <laughs> not, to, not to hang out with not because, you. Not because we're mates and you miss me. No. Just to like come and check out this big amp that I've got in my house. Yeah, yeah. Nothing better than checking out a mate's big amp. <laughs> I bet a bass six would sound great with an old uh, basement combo. Yeah, like the yeah, basement yeah, yeah. ten, two channel, fifty watt, four ten. That's yeah. What I want. Oh, oh, there's one at Brighton Electric at the at the moment, and it's 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 absolutely wonderful. It's it's so like not really great for for bass, you know. Not, yeah, not, it's not quite there for bass as a fifty watt. But well, um, I think it's. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, but also you say it's not great for bass. Like I guess it's like it's not great for the sort of modern style of bass yeah, sorry, yeah, playing. Yeah, that's that's um, what I mean. You know, I'm not trying to, it's, it's just, it's really funny how things have kind of changed and, and my playing has changed in that sense as well. You know, like I say, I would have been playing when we worked at GAC and the basics first became available again. Um, I, I really was kind of playing it like a guitar and that you sort of have to find a midpoint with it because it isn't a guitar and it isn't a bass. It yeah. really is kind of its own thing. And when you you know it's not going to sound good into a heavy metal amp for example like you're not going to plug a basics into a diesel or anything do you know what i mean but like yeah yeah i just yeah i don't know man i just i i think it's wicked i love it i love it it's really very very cool it is very cool what 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 uh have you found using it with the bass cut or without the bass cut and what pickups have you found that you're using more uh what pickups am i using more i don't know really um and also i don't know which way bass cut is up or down on the thing so <laughs> neither do i i just listen but yeah i have yeah, no idea no um i don't know to be honest with you um i think i've probably have i had all three on i don't know i i, I don't know i don't know i'm also <laughs> like like i say in it kind of in the same way as I because I've not been using it to write songs or anything. To be yeah. honest with you, I've kind of been using it almost as like a, a bit of a like a meditative tool because I really do like I I'm I don't I'm never gonna play in a band where I or have any kind of drive to write songs using the basics. Right. And right. that has always been why I like playing guitar and why I like playing bass. It's like I like kind of you know having an end result for it yeah well i mean i guess it's been a couple of years now so even that's a bit of a pipe dream but like you know i've always played an instrument to be in a band and i'm i'm never going to do that with the bass six and actually it's quite freeing because i just sort of when i play it i just i just play it and like sometimes i'll mess around with the switches and sometimes i'll mess around with the tremolo but generally i'm just i'm just playing it and i'm not really thinking um and yeah i find it very th- therapeutic so so i can't actually tell you what it is that i do too much with in terms of pickup selection well well it is because i'm losing my i'm just losing myself in the moment man i'm just i'm just like <laughs> oh. fine fine fair enough well yes it is i know exactly what you mean i always when i'm picking up an instrument and there's not like an end result of me writing something with it, it it's it takes me a minute to get into that i'm just enjoying playing it so yeah thing, totally you know? totally 
but uh, yeah, I think that's 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 from like spending a lot of time in bands. I guess is the main thing. I think that that you and I probably have there. Is it makes it makes it harder to just enjoy the the moment of uh, of playing guitar. And yeah, and that. it and it, it's it is something that I've been trying to do a bit more of and um you know really i guess i should be kind of trying to play a bit better as well and to a degree i have i I mean i definitely feel like i'm a better guitarist now than i was kind of pre-covid not that the bar was particularly set that high Hmm. but um i I am kind of play being a bit more twiddly is not the right word but like you know trying to find interesting chords trying to find chords that i find interesting um that aren't just uh, you know, GBE or whatever. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think the basics is a big part of that because I'm just having to find my work, my way around uh, essentially a new instrument. Hmm. Well, yes. It, yeah, it, it is a, a new instrument, a very different instrument. I get one that I can imagine suiting you an awful lot, but um, dear listeners, it you've just never looks had like a short scale <laughs> like it looks like a a, no. a normal size guitar on me. Is that why? No, no, because they're 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 like they're quite brash. Like they're very yeah, brash yeah, yeah. instruments. I kind of feel like uh, when I play a bass six, I try to play a bass six a bit like a bass, and yes. that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. not where it sits well. And and like what it has is all this, uh, yeah, just all all this all this brashness and unwieldiness, um, which I think kind of. It, I feel like it lends itself really well. I know traditionally it's like Tic Tac stuff where bass sixes really excelled or, you know, late Beatles is where the bass six is kind of featured a lot. But I feel like punky, aggressive stuff is kind of the area that that instrument uh, feels like it should sound at its best. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, a very a very cool bass indeed. Dear listener, you should get a classic vibe bass six if you, if you haven't already. It's, it's funny because... I don't know we've talked about this a lot over the years, but when when did those Vim mods first come out? Was it 2013, 2014, 2014? Yeah. I feel like it must yeah. have been. Yeah, definitely. And um, we kind of had it in our heads that, wow, this is going to be a revolution and we're going to see, because we sold so many of them when we were at GAC. And we got really excited by them, and we we just thought, wow, this is this is really going to lead to a, a kind of innovation in terms of in terms of music, and we're going to see all these bands coming out playing bass sixes now. And it never happened, and the the, the Vim mod kind of disappeared a little bit into obscurity. Uh, you didn't really see people talking about them on the internet, I guess, so much. And I kind of feel like the classic vibe coming back actually i thought was a bit surprising because of the what i kind of perceived as maybe a drop off in popularity of it after the you, you know all, all the people that wanted one bought, bought one, one. Yeah. and then th- that's it there you there wasn't really any new entrance into the market but i i wonder if the kind of rise of the instagram guitarist and the ambient player um has kind of been that revolution that we were expecting to see in on the gigging scene and it hasn't come from the gigging scene what it's come from is um you know people making ambient music at home yeah yeah hello (laughs) hello (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely very very well could be well i'm glad to glad to see it back and in some great colors as well you know shopping basics very cool 
Very cool indeed. Now, this uh, this week, I uh, uh, old Marky P came around my house and he was like, Joe, you have all this stuff and you're constantly talking about how you need to save for a house. So why don't we sell the stuff that you don't? He hosted an intervention is what you're saying. Yeah, it was an intervention. And, and I was really like, he sort of came, He we, we'd arranged it. And even when he came around, I was like, I don't know, man. I really like being the guy with all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, like it. I like it when a friend calls me up and is like, oh, I've got a, a recording next week and I, I, need, uh, I need this. Do you have anything with shimmer reverb? And I'll be like, yeah, I have these things. I kind of liked being that guy. I felt like some sort of... Uh, apothecary you know that people Ma- magic addicts yeah magic addicts yeah exactly that yeah i felt like you know that i liked being that guy and so when mark was like yeah we could get rid of he get, came into my garage went to my pedal shelf and was like yeah what about this do you use this do you use this and i'm like no 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 <laughs> because i don't use any of it because you know i, I use like five boss pedals or whatever but you know so <laughs> So we, five we, boss pedals <laughs> and two jazz basses. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them's a squire. God damn it! I'm so dull. But but yeah. So he uh, he talked me into it, and uh, and of course, even when it comes to guitars, like all, all I'm playing are my two harmony guitars, really, at the moment. And uh, and you know, Mark was like, you, "It's it's lovely." And Mark is said he thinks it's the best guitar that any of us. The original guitar nerds hosts owns, or it was his favourite anyway. But I had the Gibson Custom Historic Fifty Nine ES One Seven Five D in uh, in uh, in vintage old stock, the uh, the sort of slightly tarnished but new custom finish, Memphis made Gibson ES One Seven Five, which is so lovely and so wonderful, and it's got a gorgeous. A wonderful flame top and a lovely sunburst, but the truth is, it's been in my closet for at least a year because I don't use it, um, and it's not suitable for the stuff that I play, really. So you know, even that, he's uh, he convinced me to to list for sale along with a load of other stuff. Um, but I, I don't know, I don't know how I'm feeling. Like you know, good and I mean, bad. I think I, you know. If if you get what you have listed it for, that's like you know, that's like an ensuite. You know, that's <laughs> it's not quite a whole room, but it's, right. That's, right. you get you get you you're getting quite a lot of floor space yeah. for that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. But you know, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, felt, it felt like the end of an era. There was really all this stuff that I've just had, even though I don't play it anymore. I was like. Damn, I can't remember the last time I sold anything. You know, yeah. I just I just accumulate. I don't decumulate. But I yeah. think um, from past experience, you tend to just like forget about it after like six months, and then it's only like six years later you go, "Oh yeah, I forgot I had that." Really wish I I did. But I, I honestly I find that a, a a regular cleanse of of your pedal cabinet um, is totally worth doing. And yeah. I, selling stuff's rubbish, though. Selling, sell, selling, selling stuff, stuff it, is rubbish, but it's so so rubbish. I think when you, you can quickly work out what you are never going to plug in again versus something that you like, maybe. You yeah, know? and I think you can always clear off a bunch of stuff that is like a bit of a uh, yeah, I'm never going to plug that in again, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Mark came out on Friday. I've, I've sold eleven pedals since then. I sold oh wow, like, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that you know, that's been that's been good. But you know, before every single pedals, once I sold every pedal, I was like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this pedal a send off. So I'm gonna plug it in and play it one last time. And uh, you know, I, I was pleased with with almost all of them. Where I was like, I have other things that do this. I'm happy to let mm-hmm. this go. You know, which which was good. That was a good position to be in. The one pedal where I was like, man, this thing sounds absolutely incredible out of all the things I sold was the Pedal Pal FX, Pal 800. It's a, oh, a, yeah, the, the JCM 800 emulator. J- yeah, a JCM yeah. 800 emulator. Mark Packham, big fan of it. He was a, a big fan of it. And because JCMs have never really been my bag, I, I just, you know, it just wasn't on my radar. I was just like, this is a thing that we have. Um, but, you know, I plugged it in. I actually, I was, uh, I decided to, I, I plugged it in. I was like, this is so good. I'm going to like record, I'm going to film a little bit of it and record some audio um, uh, for guitar notes just because it, it sounds so good. Um, so I just, I plugged it in into into Studio One Used the uh, the the Corey Wong Neural DSP plugin on default, so it's just like a just a clean amp, basically, um, sort of valve esque, but but still very clean. And ran the uh, the PAL eight hundred in front of it, just absolutely fantastic. Did that thing where you could do that. It's not quite high gain, is it? But it's that punk rock version of drive, that sort of distortion drive thing where you're really diming the gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just it, oh, it just sounded wonderful. So thick and brilliant and like mid-focused. I, I absolutely loved it. But you could also drop the gain, boost the volume, and then all of a sudden you almost got a little less compression, a bit more dynamics. It sort of it allowed the, the pedal pedal to breathe a bit more. And it was, I was like, man, if JCM's, actually sound like this i should get a jcm these <laughs> do actually sound good which is the, the first time i've ever thought a marshall actually sounds good but um, it was a south american company wasn't it it was apparently mark was telling me all about them as as he was listing it for me on friday but he was saying they only made 332 wow or 337 wow. it was a very specific number like that but it was a, a very limited run um but uh yeah it it sounded absolutely fantastic. I thought they did a great job of something that's such a well-trodden path as a, you know, a JCM emulating pedal. Um, mm. it, it sounded absolutely brilliant. Well, well, you know, well worth getting, dear listener, if you if you do ever happen across one. Nice. Joe, you shouldn't be telling people about the stuff you've already sold. You should be telling people <laughs> yeah. about the stuff that you haven't exactly. sold. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to use this podcast as a sales platform, so I'm only talking about the I stuff I mean, when has this sold. podcast ever been anything other than a <laughs> Joe Banton sales platform? Uh, yes, that is. Uh, that is yeah, Come that is, see my band, please. <laughs> Buy my stuff. <laughs> oh, no, Jay, you've let Do on. Do you like in Japanese this... guitars? <laughs> <laughs> you've, in the finale of season two, you've let on my secret. Absolutely uh, rumbled, uh, yeah. I feel like I was getting away with that. Oh well, you know what? I was uh, I was actually in I was up in uh, on Denmark Street in London over the weekend, and I went for a little little stroll around um, all the all the other guitar shops. I was at the the Ashdown pop up shop on the weekend, and I, I went for a little stroll around. I went to One Joe's, and I found this uh, these pedals in this cabinet that I'd never seen before, called uh, Horothea. 
which, dear listener, you can check out at Herothia, uh, dot com. They were, yeah, they were, I think, only available in Wanjos. Really interesting. They make uh, just three pedals. Just this one fellow who's got a, like a really interesting sort of, you know, he, he, there's a whole about us on the on the website where he talks about why he made these pedals and how he's sort of seeking to to recreate incredibly high quality uh sort of vintage styled um effects but uh they were absolutely brilliant he did the type one which is a a 1980s um uh uh, sort of chorus kind of thing um and then he has the teeth uh and also the berkeley the teeth is like uh, glassy cleans an edge of breakup the two sides of a drive pedal combined that you can blend between um which was my was my favorite and then the berkeley uh, as well which is a, a reimagining of uh, the leslie speaker sort of thing very cool interesting look to these pedals very like it's almost an Atari button style foot switch. Yeah. yeah. Just the... looking at the the Type One, it looks absolutely phenomenal. Like really cool design, great simple artwork, one knob, and a uh, and uh, and yeah, the big button, twelve volt, twelve volt power supply, which is a little bit irritating. But I suppose most most power supplies nowadays have got. Oh, that is strange. Yes, 12, that is but, weird. Um, Two hundred quid. It looks like for that. Yeah. It's very cool. Looks very, very cool indeed. Very cool indeed. Yeah, I, I love it. Love, love the graphics. Love the simplicity. Just an intensity control on that chorus. Lovely. But I didn't actually get to try that one. I did try out the teeth, um, which which I really enjoyed. Uh, which, like I said, yeah, it has like a um, a very very clean side, very glassy, and then an edge of breakup, kind of warm, very dynamic drive side, and then via the saturation control you're blending between the two of them very versatile like very versatile i felt like you could get a lot of drive tones and it's i think detailed drive tones that's what this did very well if that makes any sense as a as you you know as a a way of describing a drive but some real detail real depth um to the drive real character very dynamic really loved it couldn't recommend it enough i need to get hold of one because i didn't think it was great and then you know we, we i said about the atari switch style foot switch dear listen and they also there's also a great big like uh what, what do you call those switches the 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 breath uh switch on there what do you call those a big uh I don't, I don't know. It looks really. like a uh, looks like a light switch, doesn't it? Yeah, like a yeah. That, you've just that, got that's two. Really. You've got two. It's on or off, basically. E- exactly, but yeah, yeah, a bit like a, a sort of like a great big sort of eighties style switch there, and and the breath switch just adds, as as described, an airiness to the upper mid frequencies. So it's just a just like a, a mid boost, but it was wonderful. It actually added so much character, especially when you're boosting the gain. Like really changed the voicing of the pedal, but. Yeah, discrete low-gain overdrive is how the teeth is described on their website. But, oh, dear listener, like oh, I, th- I felt like I was discovering something here. It was like a, on the well-trodden path of transparent overdrives. It was a very good transparent overdrive. I think um, that's always the good thing about uh, places like Denmark Street. They do tend to, you know, have quite a few effects from brands that probably people that live local to London or just, you know, 
make you know I, I guess that's how like um ranger effects started i remember seeing them sort of on denmark street oh, really? first and stuff like that so uh yeah i think it's always it's always quite cool and then you know gets picked up by a couple of people and you know could be the start of uh you know big things from there on yeah yeah well they were they were very good i sincerely hope um that they that you know they do pick up but i hope people go and check them out if you're if you're in the london area near denmark street go and go into wonders and have a butcher's because i thought they were absolutely great well worth uh well worth having a look now uh let's talk let's talk about some news just before we wrap up uh this you say this, news joe Sorry, I said news. Yeah, go on, do do, do it again. Vintage. Go on, go on. Let's just just it's the season finale. Go on, just do it. Do it again. Go on. News. Wow, I, I didn't. I think it was as deep as you used to go. Maybe you're um age, age. Yeah, Jay. I guess so. I am, guess so. I am getting old. I am so getting unlike old. most yeah. people that get like a deeper voice with age, you're just going more and more high pitched. Oh really? Is, I thought that, I was going deeper. That, that, is, was I going? No, you weren't going deeper. That's what I'm saying. Oh really? I that didn't sound as sound as deep to me. You didn't think no, I, didn't think, I didn't think it was deep at all. Oh right, I see. Oh, I'm going up. I'm going up with. Oh, that is. That is maybe I'm unaging. Well, that, that's possible, <laughs> I suppose. It could be. I Benjamin could be Branton. Benjamin Button. Yeah, Benjamin Brantoning this. Yeah, that's uh, Benjamin that's what I'm doing. <laughs> what a me- what a movie. God. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, Branton Pitt starring. Yeah. Well, anyway, 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 let's uh, let's do a little bit of news before we wrap up. Um, Harmony Guitars. Finally, I've been oh, I've been waiting for this because they've had it on their website for ages, and they've been teasing the fact that they are going to actually do reissues. Because of course, Harmony Guitars, their entire range. They are a vintage company, but they're a new company. All of their guitars, the Juno, the Silhouette, the Comet, etc. They're all inspired by those old harmonies, but very, very new when it comes to appointments, you know, locking machine heads, gorgeous modern metallic finishes, these lovely, very modern, very articulate gold foil mini humbuckers or P90s or humbuckers. Um, you know, they, they were... They look the part, but they feel very, very modern. Uh, That was the whole deal with Harmony. But they've said for a while they're going to do reissues. They're going to be recording classic models from the the rich Harmony back catalogue. And finally... Someone's finally cracked the safe where the... (laughs) uh, the blueprints were stored for all of the all of the original measurements and everything. <laughs> that's, that's what's happened. Yes, they finally they finally have cracked the safe. And really interesting because it's not just by the looks of it, it's not just going to be reissues. They're doing things slightly differently. So all of the harmonies that we've come to know over the last few years, as as the company have established itself. Um, they're all made in Kalamazoo. They're all American-made. Insane prices for American-made guitars at that, the quality that they are. But they're all US-made in Kalamazoo. Now, the reissues are going to be made overseas. I can't remember off the top of my head if it's Korea or Indonesia. I think I'm pretty sure it's Korea. But then they are um, they are set up 
um, in Kalamazoo. I think a couple of other things happened to them in Kalamazoo as well. So they are they're going to be made overseas and then shipped over to Kalamazoo for the last bit. So you're getting an even more affordable guitar, and that is how the reissues are going to work, as opposed to the sort of premium line. And I love that they've separated that as well. They've given purpose to the reissues. They're not just making a more affordable version of the same thing. So, you know, people are buying one or the other because that can shoot you in the foot. Like, we all remember the music man Sterling James Valentine and mm. how good it was. You know, this that can be a problem. You want to make the same thing overseas, you better make sure, you know, there's enough of a difference between the, the you know, the quality of both of those. Whereas this is a totally different product. Great idea. And, uh, yeah, they've reissued the H72, which isn't a, a model that they've really... That, that, that they've tried to do in the standard line more of a more of a 335 hagstrom style vibe from the from the h72 um with very interesting f-holes as well the yeah i um do you know what i'm liking is the varying pickup design cover pickup cover designs that you're seeing on loads of different stuff recently to me that just i don't know it's just a nice touch and, and have you seen the name of the design on the, the mustache? The <laughs> mustache gold yeah. foil, because it very much does have the. Uh, I think it's it's almost more like an F hole, uh, almost design on the uh, or two F holes uh, alongside each other on the pickup itself. But yes, um, uh, you know, amusingly named the mustache gold foil. Oh, I'm really excited. I absolutely it. love the headstock. I think the headstock looks really cool. Yeah, it's that it's that angled, uh, you know, black bound six aside um, harmony headstock. The the very classic what what you would expect from a harmony headstock. Mm. But I, you, I agree with you. Looks lovely on that three three five style guitar. Like just different, just a bit different. Um, I'm I'm into this, and the fact that I haven't seen prices on this yet, actually. But I'm just excited. I'm excited anyway. Loving the sort of the the. There's a little diamond, dear listener, that the uh, the toggle, uh, the pickup toggle is in. It's lower horn instead of upper horn, which uh, makes sense to me. I think I'd rather have it there. That's a better position. Um, I, I'd love it. I think this is a this is wonderful. I haven't seen if there are any finish options on it yet. I think it's just. I think it's just the cherry red. Looks like. Oh. It does look like the cherry red. I've just clicked on it the webs on the website. I don't know why I didn't before. I was just looking at the pictures, but you can actually I see you can see a price. So it is six nine nine US dollars. Oh wow, that's very reasonable. If you uh, purchase direct from harmony.co. Um but yeah, that is very reasonable, isn't it? I I I am excited to see what else comes out in this range. Affordable new harmonies that are still teched in Kalamazoo. Yes, I can get behind that. I, um, you just know they're gonna they're gonna be really good. You just know, yeah. I th- you know, based on the, the Juno and stuff. I think these, uh, you know, they're gonna make sure that whatever they put out really, you know, passes the all the right checks. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's been the thing, hasn't it, about Harmony? Is I don't think they're not throwing anything out. You know, they're they're only going to release things if they're absolutely right. There's a lot of attention to detail at that company. Because let's face it, they could have done what, you know, Dan Electro are doing or what Silvertone are doing and, uh, and, you know, churn out affordable, 
versions of the original guitars that are inspired by them, but they're certainly very much just, you know, made overseas. And they're, they're designed for the look. It's the look. That's what you're buying. That's why they're mm-hmm. affordable. And that's fine. I'm happy to make that. I'm not criticizing those guitars. That's, you know, that's a... Uh, that's a compromise I'm willing to make for that look. And that, they they know that as companies. But Harmony very much want to keep on to the this is quality side of things as well as the, you know, this is quirky side, <laughs> side of things. Which... How long has Bain been working for them? <laughs> well, B- B- Bain's more like that, isn't he? Oh, what a lovely voice. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. Oddly high-pitched. You, you know, you, you would have thought he'd have gone for a more sort of like, I am Bean. But it was more, hello, oh, yes. Oh, oh Batman. Oh. Yeah, no, you're oh, right. I'm to- oh, yeah, you, you've totally got me there. That was, yeah, yeah completely. Oh, yeah, it was more a Batman, if anything. Yeah. Swear to me. That sort of thing. You know. But anyway, anyway, yes. The new, the new Harmony, it looks absolutely terrific. It does. You should check it out, dear listener. Check it out. Um, now there are, oh, you know, we, it is, we've come to the end of this week's podcast, which is a shame because we've got other things to talk about. We'll go and talk about them in the, in the Patreon, maybe, um, you know, Matt, you wanted to talk about the, uh, the Yvette Young, the new Yvette Young, the YY20, um, a new signature model for Yvette Young and the weird tuning that it comes in. So, uh, we'll. We're going to have to we'll go talk about that in the Patreon episode, along with Mark Packham and a bunch of other stuff. But yes, it is, dear listener, the end, the end of season two. Um, sad times. Of the, yeah, sad times indeed. Well, don't don't worry. Fear not, dear listener. We're going to be back for season three. There's going to be a whole Has new... the network renewed it. Oh, yeah. The network has renewed it for oh, a third wow. season. There's going to be a whole new look. Oh, it's going to be great. There's going to be new stuff, new hosts. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be exciting, exciting times. But, dear listener, if you're if you're not a Patreon supporter, don't worry. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks with the Gear of the Year podcast to argue about what is the greatest guitar, the greatest amplifier, and the greatest effects pedal of 2021. We're simplifying the categories this year because, you know, there's – it's a weird year. It's a weird year. Maybe it's next year they'll be all... Year. It's another weird year. Who knows? Maybe next year we'll be talking about, uh, it, you know, loads and loads of categories again when there's been tons of releases. Somehow I doubt it. But we'll see. We'll see. Watch watch this space. But anyway, yes, do come and join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month at the dollar tier. You'll get this episode ad free and early every week. Five dollars gets you access to our Patreon special episodes and our back catalogue. Ten dollars gets you the lot. Plus, I sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. Um and, uh, you know, you can find us on all your favorite social media platforms and join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thank you for listening. You have been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Goodbye. Bye. Peshe. Pesh. Peach. Pisha. Porsche. Pesche. Pescale. Joe Pesci. Peter Pesci, Porsche, Peter Porsche, Porsche Peter, Peach, Peter Peach, Peter Peach, Peter Peach. Anyway, yes, that's right, dear listener. We've come to the end 
of Season 2 of the Guitar Nerds Podcast, and it's Christmas. So what better than for me to thank you all personally at the end of this episode? Don't worry, Gear of the Year is still to come in a couple of weeks, but I thought I'd take this moment to tell you all what fantastic human beings you are. So thank you to Steve Davis, Daniel Walker, Ben Harder, Jorin Brown, Holly Simpson, John Conaway, Eric Vaughan, Russell Healing, Paul Drew, Peter Pesce, Ty Allen, Yogi, the guitarist, Kyle Harris, Cloudlifter, Joe Hoppard, Sean Hughes, Brian Hansen, Shane Malloy, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Samuel Frost, Gavin van der Linden, Andy Manley, Robert Butterworth, Scott Utting, Mark Hazau Kadawaki, Simon Milbourne, Stuart Robson, Christian Lund Hansen, Keith Adams, Eric File, Jack Cutmore, Joe Puttick, James Dorr, Abe Matthews, Ken Sayers, Kytopia, the band, John Anglin, Ross Edwards, Nate Nagel, Stephen Burke, Aaron Sherman, Dave Lee, Jake Gray, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Loset, Derek Rich, Blake Wyland, Rob Nordvik, J.D. Short, Steve Merkel, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Robin Smith, Scott O'Brien, Paul Corrigan, and Moog Gravit. Thank you all. Thank you one and all. Now, I shall leave you with a Christmas wrap. That's right, a Christmas wrap. Merry Christmas, everyone. Farewell. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.